Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. Friends, I'm glad you're here. This is a very important text. I'd encourage you ahead of time to share this with your friends, family members. This message needs to be clearly understood by as many people as possible. Before we dive into it, I need to tell you that we're skipping Luke 13, 18 through 20, which is about the mustard seed and leaven, because we did a devotion on that parallel in Matthew 13, 31 through 33, episode 5. 14. You can go check that out. It's basically the same text. So Jesus has been talking about the importance of repentance in the last several passages, making it as clear as possible to his listeners what it takes to be saved and the critical nature of them getting that sorted out before it's too late. And this text will drive those points home even further. Verse 22. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you came from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. Now we're going to stop right there, and this is pretty stark stuff. As we've said several times in the last several devotions, Jesus is no warm, cuddle soft, tell you what you want to hear all the time, make you feel good, positive reinforcement at all costs type guy that sometimes we are led to believe that he is by questionable sources who must not take all of scripture, but maybe just cherry pick the stuff that is most appealing. This is some hard stuff from Jesus. I can even imagine some people thinking when they read this, geez, what a jerk, except he's the second member of the Trinity. He is the perfect God man and he's never wrong. And so what he's saying here in what Luke is recording is imperative for us to soak in and understand and respond appropriately to. It's interesting that the guy's question, will those who are saved be few, never really gets answered. Jesus kind of seems to suggest you're asking the wrong question. It's not your concern whether those who will be saved are few or not, but rather your concern is what are you going to do with this truth that I've been teaching you? By the way, the answer is that those who are saved is going to be few, based on other texts in scripture. At the end of the day, the majority of people, sadly, will not have discovered that the only way to be reconciled to God is through faith in Christ. And the reason we're out here on the Daily Dose saying this, devotion after devotion after devotion, is to try to correct people's misconceptions about that so they will be saved. That's what Jesus is doing here as well. I think it's especially stark that not only does he say these people who think they're with him actually aren't with him, but he refers to them as workers of evil. In other words, when it's all said and done, the people who are not clothed with the righteousness of Christ the perfection that he lived that we can't, which is only available through faith in Christ. People who aren't clothed in his righteousness, when the final score is tallied, are workers of evil. Even if we think of them as pretty good neighbors or pretty good friends or pretty good people in the communities where we live. If they don't know Christ, when it's all said and done, they are in the category of workers of evil. Jesus said somewhere else, those who are not with me are against me. And this drives home that same point. It's also critical to understand that just because these people heard Jesus teach 
preaching in their towns. And just because they ate and drank in his presence doesn't mean squat in terms of their spiritual condition. Just like being in a garage doesn't make somebody a car or being in the water doesn't make somebody a swimmer or a fish, being around Christianity doesn't make anyone a Christian. Being in church every Sunday doesn't make anyone a Christian. Writing big checks to churches doesn't make anyone a Christian. Generally agreeing with what the Bible says about most things doesn't make anybody a Christian. There is no such thing as salvation by association. I was just around Jesus a little bit, so I must be good to go. No, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, period, full stop. And that's not me that's saying that. That's scripture that's clearly saying that over and over and over. If somebody thinks you or I are narrow-minded or closed-minded because we believe this, that's not an indictment against you or I. That's an indictment against scripture and the God who wrote it. And so when I hear that kind of thing, it just doesn't really bother me at all. It makes me pray for the person, be concerned for the person, hope that they have their eyes open to the truth before it's too late. By the way, how could anybody who studies scripture, like some of the seminary professors or preachers who I've heard that think God is a universalistic God, that at the end of the day, everybody is going to be saved. How could you possibly think that when you read a passage like this? It's just mind boggling. Picking up in verse 28, Jesus describes the place where he's going to send the workers of evil to depart from him. He says, in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are patriarchs of the Jewish faith who trusted the one true God and trusted the promise of the Messiah. Jesus wasn't there yet when they were on the scene, but they trusted in the promise of what Jesus was, and therefore they were saved. But these people, these Jewish people that Jesus is addressing this to, even though they say that they're the sons and daughters of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, as if to suggest that they are also in the same group, Jesus is saying you're not in the same group because you are rejecting the Messiah, me, Jesus, and that is the determining factor on whether you're going to be in or out. Verse 29, and people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. The message of the gospel from the very beginning was intended for representatives from every tribe and tongue and nation. And there are going to be believers in Christ who come from every race, every ethnicity. Verse 30, and behold, some who are last will be first. In other words, some of these late coming non-Jewish Gentiles are going to be first in the kingdom of God because their faith is so great. And some who are first will be last. And of course, this is also in the context of a whole bunch of people who are going to be left out because they didn't believe. If this freaks you out a little bit, I think that's okay. Now, here's the thing. If you want to be assured of where you stand with God, it's very simple. John says to those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You just have to receive Jesus Christ. You have to believe in his name. In Romans 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you understand that you can't please God on your own in any way, shape, or form through good works or jumping through religious hoops, but you cast your eternal destiny and your spiritual condition solely on the crucified and resurrected Jesus Christ, it's all it takes. And that's a commitment you can make in your heart for the first time right now or renew it again as I have many times throughout the course of my life. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which is aired on stations around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives. 
the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.